Hey guys, welcome to Peace and Tribulation. I want to start today's episode off by reading some scripture. Micah 7, 7 says, But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Psalm 95, 1 says, Oh, come, let us sing for the joy of the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 89, 26 says, He will cry to me, you are my Father, my God and the rock of my salvation. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden, the God who is our salvation, Selah. Psalm 79, 9 says, Help us, O God, of our salvation for the glory of your name, and deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. Another scripture says, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with righteous with my righteous hand. I want to share these scriptures today because um, I've been feeling really heavy and I think I've been trying to settle for saving myself out of the feelings of heaviness when in reality, no no matter how hard I try to save myself, um, the Lord is my salvation. And, um, yeah, he's just too good. And I think so many of us get so scared of our sin, so scared of our shame, so scared of our guilt, so scared of our limitations that we view life in a lens of those things. And today in church, we talked about how the lenses you wear, the perspective you have of life will then produce, right? Like it'll then provoke what is seen in your life. And um, I used to get like skeptical about that. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like you can be insecure and still like look confident and like you can still like in your mind you can doubt, but like great things can still happen, which is so, that is true. Like no matter what, like your thoughts aren't necessarily who you are, but what you're believing in your heart does start to reflect your life because you're living out of that belief. When we live in faith, right? Faith in the Lord, that he is our salvation, that we are saved, that that we have authority in Christ Jesus. We live in a way that is confident, not in who we are, but who he is in us. And so then who we are in him. Um, I know that when I just look at who I am, I often only see the things I've done. I often only see the ways I'm, I've messed up, the weaknesses I have, the things I don't like about myself and the feelings that I experience, the thoughts that are placed in my mind that I'm like, this isn't of the Lord. And I know this isn't like my own thought. What is this, you know? And I think the enemy, his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. We have to understand that the oppression we feel is not something we can bear as humans alone. The authority we have in Christ is because of the blood that we are covered in. It is because the armor we wear that is the Lord's. It is because the sacrifice he has, he has literally created, he has done, sorry, the sacrifice he has made so that we can have life in him. And often I find myself trying to fix myself (laughs) when I already needed a savior. And I think 
a lie that the enemy often uses is that if you're not able to fix yourself, you're hopeless and the Lord can't use you. And this is how it's going to be forever. And, and I think the enemy wants you to count on your weaknesses. He wants you to count on the sin and the shame and the guilt you feel. He wants you to count on the lies that you believe. He wants you to count on what you've done to be the reality of who you are. He wants you to count on your family's habits. He wants you to count on what has been done to you or what you've done. Like, he just wants you to count on everything to then form a false identity in yourself instead of your identity being in the one who has created you. I find myself falling in this cycle of trying to save myself, realizing the Lord is my savior, accepting that truth, but not living in it. And then trying to save myself again. And the scripture I read in the beginning of this, I don't know if you noticed the trend of, of what I was reading, but all the scripture talked about the Lord being our salvation. Another one is Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Whew. The Lord is the defense of my life. The Lord is the defense of my life. And what's crazy to me is that I know God is my salvation. I know that God is the only reason I have made it to where I am today. In any position, in any area, in any space of physical, relational, communal, like mental, whatever. Like he is literally the reason that I am here today where I am. But it's like, it's like the enemy wants to deceive you with the very opposite of what is true. And I think sometimes, I just watched this video yesterday um, where this guy was talking about how the the enemy is the father of lies. So anything he says, there's no truth in it. There, it says that anyone who is a son of the enemy is has no truth in him, right? Anyone who is of the world has no truth in him. So he was talking about how if you're of the world, right, you're like, you're not of God. And you can't have truth in you if you're not of the Lord. Of the Lord. And how the enemy is the father of lies. So the enemy speaks what is opposite of what is truth. He gives us hopelessness. He gives us a life feeling shame and guilt and condemned and, and hopeless. He wants you to live a life where you feel trapped and attacked and miserable and sad and stuck. None of that is of what the Lord has produced for us through the life of Jesus, through every single promise he's made, through his faithfulness to us now, through his word that is living, through him, like literally just through him. None of that of who the Lord is produces helplessness, guilt, shame, earthly grief, all of the Lord. When you seek him, you will find all of, all of life with the Lord produces transformation, restoration, redemption, new life. And the enemy wants us to believe that even if you're saved by the, by the Lord, even if you're made new again, 
that somehow you can reverse what the Lord has done for you. I just wrote this um, the other day and I want to share it because I feel like a lot of us might resonate with this. Um, Yeah. And I started, I've like started writing things and painting and stuff and I don't usually like to share. I feel like I just get like very bashful about it, but um, I believe the Lord we create for a reason. We create for a purpose and just as he has. And so I do want to share this and I'm being vulnerable with you by sharing something I've written. So, but I do want to share this, like I said. So it says, I could hike up the mountain with a message in mind about how I can be justified with every action and covering I have produced by my strength. Yet the journey would be like a crime for the steps I took to get there were not ordered by the one who made me. Every form of justification that I could formulate will still always fall short to the truth of God, which I must live on in order to be standing firm. Every other foundation feels like a teeter-totter in an old playground compared to the steadfastness of the Lord. He is love. He is just. It is Him who justifies. I could run to pride or run to shame, picking up the rock to throw at anyone else or to slam in the face of myself, yet it is still the Lord Jesus who would be riding in the sand, meeting you and I both, the persecutors and the accused, with the words, I do not condemn you, go and from now on sin no more. Looking through the lens of grace and his Father's will to save all who could not save themselves, our Savior has met us with true life, no longer chained to sin or shame, and with a gift of a head lifted in confidence that my justification is Jesus. Um, I don't read that to be like, oh, I wrote this like thing that I am really proud of, which I do like. I'm embracing <laughs> writing and stuff. But I, I read that because it's just interesting to me that I, I felt this this spirit of heaviness. I felt so much oppression recently regarding my justification, regarding regarding forgiveness from the Lord, regarding my salvation, regarding if I'm free or not. And the reality is, is like, I know the truth. When I'm creating for the Lord, I know the truth. And I say this because you know the truth of God. You know that the tr- where the truth is, right? The truth has set you free. They will know the truth and the truth will set them free. You know that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know that who is whoever is now in Christ Jesus is no longer condemned. Whoever is in Christ Jesus is now a new creation. You know this truth that once you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, you are saved and he is the salvation of your life. He is the defender of your life. You know that truth. The enemy wants you to think you don't. The enemy wants you to think that that truth is not big enough. But can I please remind you, as I remind myself, that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And you have Jesus within you. And greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Oh, the enemy hates the truth. Because the truth is full of hope and redemption. The truth is full of our ability to turn back to Jesus. And it doesn't matter how many times we turn to the things that the enemy tries to feed us with. There's so many times that I'm in the word and I'm thinking of my desire for a relationship or food or my body or going to work out or friends or having FOMO or whatever else. There's so many times where it's like, even if it's something good, right? 
It's distracting you from being in the presence of the Lord. And that is literally the enemy trying to distract you from being in the truth of God because he hates the truth because he's a father of lies. And praise the Lord that he already has victory over Satan. Praise the Lord that the only name that holds power is the name above all names, and that is Jesus Christ. And we need to live in that. And we talked about today how we are called to bear fruit, but so many times we hear hear these things about bearing fruit, and we believe it just means we need to do more. But I loved what the pastor said today about how our vision, our purpose needs to be being in the presence of the Lord. Recognize And I've talked about this when I talked about John 15 being a branch of the true vine. Recognize that you producing any fruit is because you are a branch to the true vine. And this is what I feel like the Lord is expressing when talking about us being his branches. Because so often, so often we are trying to literally be, we're trying to crawl ourselves back up on the vine. Like we're not already there. Like we are trying to act as though we have to hold ourselves up on the branch. But Jesus says that the Lord is the vine dresser and he removes branches that are not producing fruit and prunes those that are. So it's not, it's not works you can even do. And it's like, we literally get so stuck in the cycle of trying to do things to be in the presence of God. When in reality, turning to him, relying on him, having faith in him, And allowing him to pour into you. That's what you need to do. Nothing you could do. Nothing you can do. Separates you from the Lord. Nothing you can do can make you more favorable to the Lord. But turn to him. How beautiful is a surrendered heart to God. How miserable you are when you try to save yourself. When he's already extended you salvation. He's already extended you salvation. You have received him as your salvation. He has given you the biggest gift ever. And that is Jesus. That is Jesus Christ. Nothing else will do. And we need to stop settling for anything else. We need to stop settling for our own strength. We need to stop settling for reputation or how it looks. Like, oh, if I just look like I'm praising him enough, it'll do. No, we need to stop settling for faking it till we make it. That's dangerous. He's where you are. He's trying to meet you where you're at. So you have to surrender to him where you are. He is, he is very patient. He will continue to knock as cheesy as I think it is when people use that quote sometimes, no offense to that. Cause there's a lot of truth in it, but God is a gentleman. He will knock, but you got to answer. So he's, he's patient to allow you to come and open the door where he releases freedom because now you are in his presence and where his presence is, there is peace. Man, the power there is in him and being in the presence of him and being his. The power and authority we have being in Christ because it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. It's just crazy. And we we just, we got to slow down and be in his presence and remember the authority we have in him. 
I'm trying to find what I wrote about the true vine. I'm sorry, y'all. Okay. So I was I was in some quiet time yesterday. And praise the Lord that we can still be in this presence even when we're feeling heaviness, right? Praise the Lord that he is literally what we need in the time of heaviness. But this is what I felt like the Lord was communicating. Try this with scripture. Try this with your own time with the Lord, with with his word. Pray about this. But this is what I felt like he was saying. You can't escape my love. You can't escape my love. My desire to perfect you through my strength. You can't escape it. I am never going to leave you. In your own strength, you have been trying to destroy yourself. But my love will overcome every effort. My love will overcome every effort. I have a plan for you to prosper, not to harm you. Trust me in this season. I can see it right inside of you. The true vine is removing the branches that aren't bearing fruit in you. But you are still connected to me. I am in you. I am purifying you. Son or daughter of the Lord, I don't want you to forget that you are already saved. So why do you keep trying to pay the debt that he's already paid? Why do you keep trying to work for your salvation that was a free gift? Rest in the Lord. Be still and know that he is God. He will fight for you. Mm. Trust that he has not forgotten you. Trust that it doesn't matter how much you believe the lie that you are unworthy, God still sees you as worthy because he's formed you. He sees you as it is finished. As you are finished, turn to the Lord. The holiness that is within the presence of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the grace that is sufficient in our weakness, all of that comes from the Lord and we cannot settle with faking it, hoping that one day we will feel his presence. And it's not even about feeling his presence, but it's about knowing him and knowing that we have faith in a faithful God. I just, I need us to be a people that knows he is our salvation. And when we understand that God is our salvation, we understand that there's nothing we could do to work for our salvation. We can't work for, like God already has a perfect plan. He already has a will. We can't work. We can never change his will. And when you turn, when you turn to him, you confess your sins, you, you profess that he is Jesus, that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, right? And when you surrender to him, he has cleaned you. John 15 says you are already clean because of the word in you. That's the scripture about the true vine. I forget exactly what verse it is. Sorry. But he's already cleaned you because of the word that's placed within you. And now he's pruning you. And a lot of times we, because of the unworthiness we believe about ourselves, we, we think that the pruning is the process of our salvation again and again and again. Because, oh, maybe I'm just not enough. No. 
praise the Lord for pruning because he's perfecting us that on the day that he comes, we will be blameless. Praise the Lord that Jesus is a faithful bridegroom to his bride. That the body of Christ is being perfected right now. And a lot of us are losing faith. A lot of us are losing faith. But God is still faithful. And God is still working. And he is not counting on our works, but our faith. And faith produces the works of the Lord. Striving produces works you feel like you have to do because you're guilty. Striving produces works that you feel you have to do because you feel guilty and shameful. But having faith in the Lord, you start to live working in the faith of God. And trusting that, yep, I'm forgiven. I am set free. He is my savior. I am redeemed. I am made new again. Let's go fight the devil. Moving in faith is working out of knowing who you are in Christ. Not trying to work to know who you are in Christ. Moving in faith is counting on the Lord. It's not paying attention to your feelings or your thoughts. It's not idolizing grief and resting in that because you feel sad. And I'm saying that knowing that's exactly what I'm going through. I have self-sabotaged for way too long. Way too long. I have sat in self-affliction for way too long. The Lord has called me out of my past. The Lord has called me out of my sin. The Lord has called me out of shame. The Lord has called me out of fear and self-pity and unworthiness. He's called me out of all those things. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord of the power of the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. Praise the Lord that he is setting his people free. Praise the Lord that we don't have to be chained to sin. We don't have to be chained to the oppression that we feel. But that we speak truth and life through the word of God. He is the way, the truth, the life. Doesn't mean that we have to act as though we haven't done things that are bad. It doesn't mean we have to act as though everything's perfect. It doesn't mean we have to act like we don't struggle with depression or anxiety or or perverse thoughts or suicidal thoughts or sexual immorality, whatever it is. It doesn't mean we don't have to act like we don't deal with these, these things that hinder us from seeking the Lord. But it means that we deal with them by seeking the Lord. It means that we deal with them by knowing that, all right, I get to bring this to God. And I get to rest in him knowing that he's taking care of it. Knowing that he's, oh, he's already looking at it like it's already done. It is done in his eyes. He's He is looking at our lives through a lens of the creator, through the lens of the savior, through the lens of the fact that his kingdom is coming now, now. He's not worried because you're worried. He's not fearful because you're fearful. Instead, he's who we go to in our worry and our fear. We get to walk in faith in him. We get to walk in the authority of him. We get to walk in the truth of God. We get to walk in the power of the blood of the lamb. We get to walk in the power of the armor of God. We get to walk in the power of just the name Jesus. Trust and rest in him. I encourage you to surrender the things you're idolizing that make you feel as though you're not good enough, that you're not welcome, that you're not 
you have to fix all these things. I um, asked the Lord what my idols were. And uh, a lot of them were rooted in self-sabotage for sure. Rooted in believing lies. Rooted in memories of the past. Rooted in living in shame and guilt and attention seeking and settling for anything other than God. It's so interesting how when you actually remember who the Lord is, you see how much our idols are such a subtle settlement compared to the Lord. So I just encourage you to surrender these things to God and trust that there is hope in Jesus and that we can't do anything ourselves, but we serve a God who is our salvation and he is gracious to defend us and, and help us. We get to take captive all of these things in Jesus' name, every thought, and bring them obedient to Christ. So I just encourage you to spend time with the Lord today, taking the Sabbath seriously, resting in his presence and being filled by the Lord, being filled by the Holy Spirit. He is right there. Ooh, he is right there with you. So that's what I encourage for you today. And I just want to say that you are so loved and worthy. I want to remind you that there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condem condemnation. When you are in Christ Jesus, there is no now no longer condemnation. I want to remind you of that. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Sorry, but I butchered how to say that. But I want to remind you that conviction is from God. It's it's the Holy Spirit leading you to hope, leading you to doing what He's doing you through, doing through you. Not this scheme of you having to fix things for yourself that you're worthy enough. Yeah, no, that's not from the Lord. I want to remind you that there's power in speaking the truth of God over yourself. I want to remind you that there's power in turning to the Lord and growing in grace and knowledge of him. I want to remind you that Jesus has already overcome the world. I want to remind you that he leaves you peace. I want to remind you that he's with you even through misunderstanding. I want to remind you that he's with you and he's not the author of confusion. I want to remind you that there's redemption in Jesus. So keep turning to him. Keep seeking him. Seeking you will find. I just encourage you to slow down this week and rest in God. And yeah, just know that he's literally good and gracious and faithful. And know that it doesn't matter what the enemy throws your way. The enemy can't produce truth. He's the father of lies. So the word is for you, not against you. And Jesus is the living word. So God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. And um, yeah, see you soon. <laughs>